Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gold Diggers Football Podcast. This is Hanny here, and we have a very special guest with us today. As always, please be warned that parental guidance is advised. Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Gold Diggers Football Podcast. Unfortunately, it's just me today, as Nejim has been pretty busy for the past few weeks. However, as I said, we do have a very special guest. Say hello, Omar. Hello. You are the first guest on the show. So this is something that me and Nejim have been talking about since before we even made the podcast, before we even did anything. We we had decided that we definitely want to bring on guests once we start to pick up speed. Uh, so I'm glad we're able to get the ball rolling on that. You are our first guest, like I said. No pressure on you for your first ever podcast appearance. I'm sure, this, is this your first ever podcast appearance? This is my first ever appearance in anything, to be honest. <laughs> right. And, and where, are you, where, where are you right now? Ontario or Toronto? Or yeah, where are you exactly? yeah, I'm in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Okay, okay. So I think what me and Edgemar are trying to do is <laughs> try to, at the very least, become the most international podcast out there. Because I'm... I'm you know, I do this from Houston, Texas in the US. That's right. And he does it from Edinburgh in Scotland in the UK. Mm-hmm. And now our first guest is in Canada. And then we have people, you know, we have got friends in Australia. We've got friends in the Middle East. We've got friends in different states in the US, friends mm-hmm. in England, friends in all kinds of different places. So once we start bringing on these guests, it's going to be really international. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of what we want. But uh, like I said, you know, you're our first guest. So no pressure for your first ever podcast appearance. We only have like, you know, 647,928 listeners. <laughs> okay, we have, we, have, we have like eight listeners. So uh, all right. I'm, sure, I'm sure all of our listeners know who you are anyway, because uh, they're all friends of ours. <laughs> all uh, right. But uh, ready? Should we get started? Yeah, fingers crossed. Here we go. Yeah, fingers crossed. So since, uh, since Nedjim's not with us and, uh, you know, since this, this last Premier League game, Mike, only had four weeks, we're going to focus on some other stuff as well. Uh, typically, we only do Premier League, but now... Uh, we're going to do a little bit of Champions League. We'll start off with a little bit of Champions League and move into some FA Cup, and then we'll talk about some Premier League, just because there's been a lot of action in these other competitions. Um, so let's start off with the Leicester City game. Leicester 2, Sevilla 0 uh, on the night. they Leicester win 3-2 on aggregate. I was so happy about this. Same here, man. <laughs> I'm extremely happy. I mean, in no, like by no means am I a Leicester fan, but I just love seeing an underdog team like come back from, you know, a loss from the first leg and just come back and get that win. I'm so right. happy. No, I, I, I'm the exact same. I, I, I guess I really want Premier League teams to do well in the Champions League just because, I mean, my friends are your friends. You know exactly who I'm talking about. But the people that just just talk about La Liga all the time, I fucking hate these Spanish teams. And I hate, I just, I really want Premier League <laughs> teams to do well. And the fact that it's Leicester City, man, like of all teams, like there's, they're just really nothing. They've had such a shit season, and I know. you know they're in the quarterfinals of uh, of the Champions League, which is pretty cool. I mean, and like you said, yeah, I, go yeah. on. I mean, they are making history right now. You know, just you, you yeah. get a team that comes, you know, and just it wins the Premier League, and you know, and no one expected it, and then to come into the Champions League and also get into quarterfinals this year, it's extraordinary, to be honest. No, I'm completely with you, and you know, just they get a fairly decent result away to Sevilla, and then Ranieri gets a sack. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, you know, I know me and Nedrum have talked about it a couple of times, but what's your opinion on Ranieri getting fired? Uh, you know, I know he's had a shit season, but mm-hmm. 
getting sacked right after losing 2-1 to Sevilla away. Sevilla are a great team. That's not a bad result. That's very salvageable. Yeah. You know, away goal. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, look, to be honest, like I, I've heard a couple of rumors here and there, but the one that I think might be the most accurate is that I think some senior Leicester players, uh, I think yes. they went ahead and complained about the fact that, uh, I mean, about Ranieri in general, right? Uh, right? If it came from them, then maybe it's legitimate. Maybe they did need a new manager. Um, they did. Uh, what's it called? Like, they have, they've had a shit season, that's for sure. Uh, and, may, and maybe just like Ranieri just like, you know, sitting into it. He's not doing much about it. But I think that's probably why they needed to have a, a new manager for sure. Well, regardless, uh, they replaced Ranieri, and then since then they've been in great form. They've been doing really well. They've mm-hmm. been winning games in the Premier League, winning games in the Champions League. Uh, they were great against Sevilla. Uh, got the goals. How how much of an impact did Nasri's red card for Sevilla? I mean, you know, by that point they're already three two down. They're chasing the game. Uh, you know, if they got one one more goal, they go into extra time, and then maybe penalties. Who knows? Mm-hmm. How much of an impact did that have? Do you think? I mean, I, I think in terms of like you know, uh, like general negativity, that getting just an, a red card during that late, uh, that you know, very late time of the game, probably like you know, uh, made the chances of trying to get an, an extra goal uh, harder. So I yeah. think it did have an impact in that in that manner. But uh, overall, the red card the the red card itself was. A shitty red card. I mean, you saw like Nasri's, uh, not Nasri's, um, Vardy's reaction was just bullshit. I mean, I don't think it was. Yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Uh, to be to be honest, I, I I don't think it was like that necessary at all. But it was just I don't know. Could have been probably been like uh, a way to waste time. I, I'm I'm guessing. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I guess. I mean, a red card's a red card. He shouldn't have come so close to Vardy, especially on a booking. But it's difficult in these kind of situations when, <laughs> when you're a player and you're, you know, everything's at stake and you're about to get knocked out of the Champions League. It's difficult to kind of control your emotions, I guess. And I guess his emotions got um, the better of him. So, uh, what else? What else do you think of this game? Do you have anything else to add before we move on? Well, let's let's just first say that you know, I, I did say that they are making history, but let's talk about Morgan. Morgan is the first Jamaican player to score in the Champions League. So, you know, kudos to yeah. him. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Uh, as well as Schmeichel, uh, you know. Um, the Schme- penalties. The penalties, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. How can we not talk crazy. about that, man? That, that yeah. was crazy, no, man. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, I'm with you. I think, I think the, the penalty save in the first, like, really, like, that that put Leicester in it. You know, like, that. that's how they knew that, you know, we, we believe and we can do it. And then they conceded another penalty in the second, like, Schmeichel fucking beast. And his dad yeah. was there in the stands as well, just watching. I mean, <laughs> was, I mean how, how proud can he be, you know? It's, it's amazing. I mean, your son is a Premier League winner. Your son is advancing the Champions League. He saved two penalties in, in the Champions League, you know, round of 16. That's pretty impressive, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think he's tallied now the same amount of number of penalties saved as his dad in the Champions League. Really? So just two? Cause that's, yeah. He saved, maybe, he sa- <laughs> maybe, maybe he saved some of the group stages. I'm, I'm not sure exactly about the statistics, but I know. And Leicester, like, barely conceded any goals in the group stages, too. Yeah. So they were really solid, despite their shit season in the Premier League. They, mm-hmm. You know, the Champions League, they've been pretty, you know, pretty, pretty consistently... Um, good. Uh, anything else? Um, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that's all, really. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move on to the next thing. Let's talk about Manchester City. So it's it's Wednesday today. Uh, the City have officially been knocked out of the uh, Champions League. Mm-hmm. Two fairly early goals from Monaco brought the game level overall on aggregate. Uh, then a 71st minute goal by Sonny put City ahead, and then Bakayoko scores one more for Monaco just six minutes later. So the the game overall ended six six on aggregate, which is a crazy scoreline. I mean, it you know, is. I, yeah. I, you think what? I think what was the total Barca scoreline? It was like 
six five or something like that, right? So mm-hmm. this is this is even better than that. It is. Um, so <laughs> as a tie, it's been a great tie. Uh, is this how you imagined it? Did Did you think City would go through, or, or did you expect this to happen with Monaco because they're a great team too? I mean, uh, I know I know Monaco are you know they they're, they're a young team and they've got such great technical players and I think they have a bright future. Uh, but like you know, I, I really didn't think that a team that Pep Guardiola coached would probably get knocked out uh, yeah. at this stage. So. I was kind of a surprise, but I'm still happy about it, to be honest. Right, right. No, I, I completely agree. And then you get, like you said, Monaco are a very young team. Their coach is very solid. There's a lot of talk of him leaving Monaco and moving to Arsenal to replace Wenger if Wenger uh, ends up leaving. Completely agree. I think I think Pep overall, he'll be very disappointed, I think. For sure. Uh, you know, his team overall played pretty shitty. Uh, they weren't that good. De Bruyne didn't have the best game. No. Sané and Sterling, second half, you know, they played a little bit better second half and Sané got the goal. Yeah. I think overall they're great players and great teams, but maybe... is Could this be a blessing in disguise for City just because, you know, the race for the top four is so difficult in the Premier League that, you know, maybe now they can focus on the Premier League and they're in the FA Cup semifinal as well, but even if they win the whole competition, there's only two games left in that. Maybe, maybe now they can really focus their attention on the remaining 10 games of the Premier League? What do you think? I mean, definitely. Like, the Champions League, it does put a load on you, and you do get uh, much more games uh, to play. So I think I think maybe uh, this can help them with the FA Cup title and as well as the, uh, you know, getting into the, you know, maintaining the top four or even going for, you know, I think so. Okay, cool. So so before, before this second leg round of, of games was played, did you have, in your mind, City going through or Leicester going through or both? Or what did, what did you think? I mean, I had, like, to be honest... I thought City were going to go through just because, you know, it's Man City. So I just yeah. ha- I had that feeling. Less- Two-goal lead as well. Yeah, I mean, Leicester, however, uh, you know, after that first <clears throat> after that first leg, uh, you know, I-, I-, I thought it was pretty hard, but I still had hope. So, and I did put my, you know, my, my beliefs in Leicester. So, yeah, I'm happy about that. Gotcha. No, I mean, I guess they're the only they're the only English team left. I think and the Arsenal are out, City are out. There's no one. There's no one left. Spurs I, are out. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that they're yeah. only the only English team left in the Champions League now. And uh, so, can we actually call Leicester the official city from now on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're the only city left, right? I mean, nobody. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anybody actually calls Leicester city. Just but but I mean, I guess we could because everyone would know what we're talking about now when we say city in the Champions League because there's only one city left so exactly and it's, um, and it's a good yeah. and it's a good job at the man city fans anyways you know <laughs> no no i'm with you uh let's talk about arsenal last week um <laughs> i don't even know where to start there's just there's not much to say i mean it's just 5-1 at home it's a, it's a shame the only, the only word to describe i, w- I wish Nedrum was here to defend <laughs> his, his shitty team but but he's not here i know 10-2 on aggregate 10 it's how it's, do you concede 10 goals you're fucking arsenal you're a premier league team yeah it's to to, to, to be honest it's ridiculous and even when i was like you know, trying to take notes for this before, so before we came and speak about this uh I really had nothing to write down, to be honest. It's just, it's yeah. it's really unfortunate. I think that red card at the beginning, uh, yeah. you know, it really hurt them. Killed them. Yeah, it killed them. I, th- I think I think that's where it all went downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, they, they, had, a, they had a good start. Walcott got a goal on the 20th minute. And then, the, you know, the, the chances were there. They were coming. You know, they're losing 5-2. You know, maybe, maybe, you never know. You can get a few goals here and there. And then one on away goes or something. Koscielny uh-huh. gets sent off. They crumble, they crash, they burn. I mean, the same thing happened in the first leg too. Because she only went off injured, I think, and then they just fucking conceded. Like, just the floodgates open. Over here, they conceded five second half goals. Yeah. Like, you know, and the fir- the first of them was literally two minutes after. Yeah. Uh, got. I mean, it was a it was the penalty. Okay, so Koscielny only conceded the penalty, got a red card, and then Lewandowski scored. But still, like, <laughs> I guess that was unfair of me to say. But overall, it's just. 
it's is. just crumbling. Like, there's nothing to say. I mean, and, and when you think of it, like, you know, uh, Barca had the same deficit going into that second leg as Arsenal. Yeah, I think did. Four goals. Uh, yeah, I think it was four goals. So, you know, I mean, could you have expected Arsenal to do something as spectacular as Barca? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think when you're when you're looking at it from Arsenal's perspective, and they're trying to come up, come, they're trying to beat Bayern Munich, who who are, you know, I think overall Bayern are just difficult and they are. Or, or they're harder to beat than PSG. I, I think PSG are a good team, mm-hmm. but I think Barca against PSG maybe just had an off day and, and conceded four. But you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's too, overall I'm pretty I'm pretty disappointed I, <laughs> with Arsenal. Yeah, it's too off so days. So what happens? <laughs> what happens with with Wenger now? What position does he find himself in? Well, to be honest, uh. You know, there's more protests happening. I think there was a protest uh, the, the the game before that uh, sure. from, from fans, and it, it doesn't look too good. Uh, I don't know how the board see. Uh, I mean, how the board uh, thinks about that. Uh, I'll throw it back at you, man. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think no. I I think he's done. I, I I think people are saying that it's in his hands whether he stays or leaves. But at the same time. Uh, I think he's gonna, you know, at the end of the day, he just probably wants to make the fans happy. And uh, he's pretty old. I'm sure he's ready. <laughs> he's ready to step down. I'm sure he's tired of all the bullshit and all of the fans and all of the the games that you know Mourinho plays and shit like that. Like, mm. I I personally think he'll step down at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess we'll wait to find out. Yeah, it's I just guess disappoint- it's just disappointing that they just you know crashed out of the Champions League in such <laughs> in such <laughs> you know such a tremendous <laughs> way. Yeah. Uh, before we before we move on to the FA Cup, I want to talk about. <laughs> the Barca game a little bit. I know we touched on it a little bit. Yeah. Did that game piss you off at all? Well, look, I'm a Madrid fan, okay? Real Madrid, for sure, all right? Okay. Uh, so, as much as I hate Barca, man... No, you know, you know what? Who am I kidding? Fuck them, man. That match was bullshit, to be honest, okay? Yeah, that match was no. bullshit. All those goals I, they I got... Was, I was I about mean, to... <laughs> I, I mean, at least most of them, man, they weren't given... They, they weren't right, you know, just bullshit, just bullshit. bullshit, bullshit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I, and uh, God, I just there's not. A, I'm a Chelsea fan, and there's not a fucking team I hate more than I hate Barca. I don't even hate any of the Premier League teams. I respect the Premier League. I love these teams. You know, Barca. I just fucking hate them with a burning passion. Ever since uh, Champions League semi final, like 2000, 2008, 2009, I think it was. Yeah, 2009, 2010, like Chelsea versus Barca. I fucking hated them. And it's not just the team. The team is classy. You know, like, there's no doubt. But Neymar, I fucking hate Suarez. A cunt Busquets is a wanker and the worst the worst out of all of them is their fucking fans their fans are the worst I hate Barca fans they're just half the Barca fans I meet don't know shit about football you know what I mean it's 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 because it's just like a, your typical glory sporting team so every you know glory sport and I live in Texas too so there's a lot, there's a lot of Hispanic people here uh-huh. they're just all Barca fans they're all fucking Barca fans and none of them know shit about football I'm with so you I'm just, with you on that man it's extra extra infuriating but let, let's talk about the game like you said all the goals were just bullshit like Suarez's first goal, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Own goal, bullshit. Both penalties, bullshit. They just weren't. They weren't really penalties. I, I will say the Neymar free kick was pretty good. It I think, was. I, I think you know the way he placed it was excellent. But at the same time, I think the goalkeeper's positioning was excellent. Like you know, he knew exactly. He shifted, went behind the wall, and you know, typically you'd never tell goalkeepers to do that, but yeah. that's how you save him. He is, you know, he shifted as soon as the free kick was taken. He was in a good position, but he just. 
You know, he got himself in good position and just watched it go in. I guarantee you, if he had dived, he would have saved it because yeah. his positioning was really good. It was. You know, like I said, the ball was in the top corner and it would have been very difficult to save, but his position, his starting position was really good, the goalkeeper. So he, I think he could have saved it. You know, the second penalty, again, bullshit. Sergi's uh, Sergi's goal, you know, it's fucking, what is it, 90th minute plus five minutes of added time. Where's the fucking <laughs> hunger from these PSG players? I like, don't this know. Is like, come on. Like, this, this is the last kick of the game. Just fucking... Get your shit together. I know, man. I know. Oh, my God. But look, like, to, but, but to be honest, like, all in all, I think Neymar, uh, whether or not those goals were, like, really good or not, I think ne- this is probably one of Neymar's best matches for, for yeah. Barca. Uh, just the last 10 minutes. Just the last 10 yeah, minutes just alone. Just the last 10 minutes. Neymar that, was, I mean, was a, that's was how you step up. That's how you step yeah. up, to be honest. Uh, that's it, really. That's, that, that's the only positive thing I can take out of this match. Other than that, it's bullshit. Yeah, big big names coming up in the big games. That's Neymar for you, man. Yeah. He, he, I mean, what what he got? He scored, he scored two goals and got an assist in the last ten minutes. Like, in 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 a full game, you'd be happy with those with those numbers. Obviously. <laughs> Neymar is Neymar, man. As much as I hate him, he's just he's really good. He and even Messi didn't have a great game, but uh, the important thing is fucking Barca move on uh, against all odds. So fuck them. Uh, let's let's talk about something completely different. Fuck Barca. Fuck the Champions League. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the FA uh, the. FA Cup quarterfinals. Uh, let's start off with the first one: Middlesbrough nil, Manchester City two. In the lead up to the game, uh, Pep said that if they don't win silverware this season, it would not be a successful season. He has never finished a season as a manager without a trophy. But this is England. Uh, you know, you're playing the Premier League against these top teams. It's not Spain. It's not Germany, mm-hmm. where your team is. You know, you know, especially considering his Barca team he, was something that he inherited. The Bayern Munich team was something that he inherited. This is a city squad that it's not. You know, they're they're really good. They're don't get me wrong. They're really good, but there's a lot of work to be done. There is. You know, when he went into the Barca team, when he went into the Bayern Bayern team, it, there wasn't that much work. So, you know, obviously they won the game. Goals from Silva and Aguero. Uh, I don't know. Do you have any comments? Uh, I mean, I mean, by looking at that first goal, man, uh, I just noticed that, like, you know, the four players uh, from from City they were past that defense line, you know. So I yeah. think it was a very bad start for Millsboro, and I think it was second goal was was in that same style again. Um, yeah. You know, it was an easy game for for City, obviously, uh, but I think you know. Player who stand out was uh, Brad Guzan. Is that how you pronounce his name? Guzan. 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 Brad. Brad Guzan, the American. Brad Guzan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think he, he stood his ground as much as possible, and he did have yeah, some he good things. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I hope you know Middlesbrough don't. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I hope they survive relegation. But if they'll do, they'll need a really good striker for next year uh, yes. because they haven't been able to score in fourteen matches in the Premier League. Yeah, miserable. It miserable. is. It is. Fucking fucking Barrow, bro. They're so let me just first of all comment on Guzan. Yeah, he he made eight saves total, which is great. Like you can't you can't ask more from your keeper than eight saves against Manchester City. Yeah. Okay, but but at the same time, Barrow are just they're just fucking pathetic, bro. There's no word to describe it other than <laughs> pathetic. They they don't concede many goals, but it's like they don't even think about attacking. It's just like they're in their mentality. It's just like yeah, if we don't concede, we don't lose, which is true. But if I mean the, the aim is to especially now in the position they're in, the aim is to score goals and win matches, and they don't have anyone. They have Negredo. Too much, you know, too much pressure on a player like Negredo. You become isolated. Nothing happens. They signed uh, Justed from Bora, uh, from from Villa. I think in the January transfer window or something like that. Hasn't really done anything. He had a few chances here and there. It's just, I don't know. And they're just shitty. I, I will say Bora uh, did have some chances. They had two of their three shots on target. Both of them were cleared off the line. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's more a case of Bravo being shit and not being able to save them. I guess. Uh, 
I fucking just, he's just he's so shitty, bro. Bravo. Like I feel sorry for him, man. When it comes into these games, he made one save all game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there was like players that are clearing off the line that saved his ass. He made one save. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think I think I it know. was positioning more than anything, to be honest. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm being harsh just because he's just. Because he came from Barca, and I hate Barca. Maybe that's why. I don't know. I think so. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, there's not just just not much to talk about this game. Pretty straightforward win for City. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're into the semifinal. Let's talk about the next game. <clears throat> Arsenal 5, Lincoln City nil. Lincoln are the first non-league team to reach the quarterfinals in 103 years. How big a game was this for them? I think this is ridiculous. You know, it's 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 a huge game for them. And considering that Lincoln are 88 places underneath Arsenal... And, you know, they had a very good, they had, they had, actually, this match, they had a very good start at the beginning, yeah. uh, you know, until the goals came in and, and whatnot. But, but you know... Uh, They're uh, working hard. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I know. They, they, they had a good start, just like you said. I think, I forgot, his name is Nathan Arnold, the, the kid that, that had the chance and then, you know, Czech had to, had to save it. But yeah. It's just, like you said, 88 places underneath Arsenal. I mean, a team like this is coming small and they're like playing at the Emirates. You know, like the Emirates is one of the nicest stadiums. It's a Premier League team against Arsenal. These guys are like, these guys are scrubs, bro. These are like you and me, you know, like they're just, I mean, they're probably, they're obviously better than me. They're obviously better. um, (laughs) But still, like they're a non-league team, you know, like they're not even in the the top, I think, four or five divisions in in the Premier or in in the UK. Um, So just... I was watching some of the post-game interviews with some of these players, these Lincoln players, and they were just like talking about how, you know, they're, you know, we're just trying to soak it in. And, you know, the goalkeeper said that, uh, you know, the uh, dream come true, exchanged shirts with Petr Cech and he signed it. And then their manager's post-match interview was very, you know, very cute. It was like he was having, it's like he was a little bit starstruck and he kept talking about learning uh, or learning from this experience. And, and, you know, Wenger was cute as well. And he was talking about how, you know, we respect uh, Lincoln and, you know, they set out with a great, uh, very organized and, you know, very passionate and we'll give them credit. Like yeah. everything was cute about this game, despite the score, <laughs> despite the scoreline is like a five no scoreline. It was just kind of a, I don't know, a fairy tale story. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, all in all, I think uh, like, a huge respect for, for Lincoln to start off, and I think they had an amazing run. Uh, if anything, I think I'm sure it was a great experience for them to you know to actually come in to the Emirates and play against some first class players. I think that alone is such a joy for most of the team. I'm pretty sure. No, I, I agree, and, and, and let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the game a little a little bit more. Sure, uh, we're talking how. Uh, uh, Arsenal just you know just fucking failed in the Champions League, so they really needed to redeem themselves. Yeah, this is this is like. I don't want to say it's the best opportunity to redeem yourself against such a shitty team, but they're not that shitty. You know what I mean? Like they, they, if they've made it to quarterfinals, so they have a lot of belief. It was a difficult start for them. You know what I mean? Their first goal came in injury time of the first half. You know, it was it, it wasn't an easy game by any means, but scoring a goal right before halftime, you know, changes things, doesn't it? Obviously, yeah. When when you go back into the second half, knowing that you got you got that one goal, I think you can push for more. I think that's what they did. Yeah, no, the the goals just just kind of came. Four goals in the second half. You got Giroud with one. They got a, a an own goal as well. Uh, then Sanchez got a goal, and then Ramsey got a goal. So just some good goals all around. But again, another straightforward win um, in the FA Cup. Let's move on to the next one. Um, <laughs> another straightforward win. Yeah. Tottenham six, Millwall zero. Uh, Tottenham had thirty two shots, fifteen on target, six goals. Insane. Millwall had four shots, zero on target, zero goals. What do you think? I, I think, you know, it was insane, uh, the amount of shots that they were able to take and the uh, and the one that was on target and then getting six goals, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. Obviously, before we go on into, you know, and like celebrate, I mean, you know, praise all those goals and stuff, 
one thing did happen, like one horrible thing really, was probably Kane's injury. You know. Yeah. The- I was just about to say they scored six goals without Harry Kane. Yeah. You know, for the most part. So that's that's I guess that's the silver lining is that because because Kane has been just he's been red hot, bro. There's no other way. To, he's just been so good. He's got like three hat tricks in his last nine games or something disgusting like that. You know what I mean? So it's it's and and I think he's out. I think it's a similar injury to what he had last time that kept him out for seven weeks at the start of the season. And it's a shame because he's going to miss the majority of this uh, Premier League run. And they you know they need him now to finish second or third or where you know in the top four. Importantly, England need him. World Cup qualifiers, a big game against Germany coming up now and, and at the end of March. So um, it's a shame for him. But I think if we've learned anything from Kane is when he was injured. Uh, earlier in the season, he came back ten times stronger. He just came back firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it, like, you know, I, so. I, mean, I mean, to be honest, uh, uh, people who come out, come out after injuries, you don't really expect that much from them. But I think you know he took his time a little bit. But you know, as you said, those those past weeks, he's been he's been amazing. Those past weeks, man. Yeah, just hit the ground running. Uh, there's another hat trick today for Sun Hyung Min, uh, as well as goals from Eriksson, Deli Ali, and Vincent Janssen, who got his first goal uh, from open play for the club. So I think the fans were kind of being sarcastic and they're kind of cheering him on a little bit uh but let's talk about son for a little bit son young man because i've had i've had this argument with nejan before and i i guess i was put in my place because i kind of suggested that that he's better than erickson and i and i thought that he was initially i think whenever he comes in he does a great job erickson i i think it's a little bit unfair because erickson's just had one of those seasons where he's just been amazing he is yeah um but you know, fucking Sun comes in and scores a hat trick. Like you know, he just—he's a good player, and and you don't get you don't get very many uh, players from that part of the world, from like from like Asia, and uh, you know, from these kind of places that, yeah. that do this well in the Premier League. You had Park Ji Sung, who was hardly a star for United. I mean, he was a good player, you know, a consistent Obviously. player, first team player. But that's about it. I mean, Sun Hyung Min, you know, Tottenham are a, a contender. They're they're not they're no scrubs anymore. They're they're a big team. They're considered a big team now. You know, one of the elite, and and this guy scored a hat trick for an elite team. Granted, it was against Millwall. Yeah. But still, you know, he's done it before, right? Yeah, and and you know, I, th- I think uh, was his first goal that, or was it his second that he took it from outside the box? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I think that was his first, and his second was over the shoulder. It was uh, the, s- the second one was definitely over the shoulder. It just kind of came, and they just hit it on the volley, mm-hmm. um, without even looking at the goal. He's just he's just a classy player, man. He's just a good player. He is, uh, I, I, and I think he should get like more. Uh, I don't know if he. I think he gets. He needs to get more playtime. I'm guessing because there, there's lots of rotations that go along uh, with Spurs, and I, right. and I don't think Song gets as much time as the other players. Is that right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, that's accurate. A lot of times he comes off the bench. Now, now I think with Harry Kane uh, being injured, I don't think Vin- I don't think Vincent Janssen will get the chance. I think it'll be Son who will come in every game, and then they'll just they'll figure something out, play him in striker, play Deli Ali striker, do, do, you know, do whatever whatever they want. I don't think it'll be Janssen. I think Son is the one who's going to get the chance because he just he's the one who always comes on and does you know gets the chance. So yeah, I think I think he'll get it. But you know, Tottenham advanced to um, to the semifinal. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Despite this one having the smallest scoreline, I think maybe it was the most interesting, and it is uh, Chelsea won, Manchester United nil. Looking at the scoreline, you'd think it was a close game, but Chelsea were in full control, I think, right? Especially considering the red card. I think so. I I, I, I really think so. Like the scoreline doesn't say anything at all about that game. Uh, but but yeah, as you said, uh, Chelsea were were dominating that game, man. Uh, Twenty to four shots. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, I mean, as well as. You know, possession. They had seventy three percent possession, which is huge. But but then again, I don't like to you know say possession matters that much. But I mean, in this case, they did win, so it does kind of matter. Sure. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it was it was kind of difficult for Manu to during that whole game. No, no, I'm I'm with you. I think uh, what disappointed me a little bit from their performance is 
Herrera's red card. I, I just th- I just think it's a shame because I, especially this season, I think he's been playing really well, and I, I've started I've started to value him as, as you know trying to be as neutral as possible. I think he's a great player, and and there's a lot of talk about him being the next captain should Wayne Rooney step down as, as Herrera because he comes in and he's one of those players that's just like. He's a quiet leader. He's not He's not the type of leader who's very vocal. He just do his job and he does a good job and he leads by example. He's that kind of player. Yeah. So I was a little bit, I was a little bit disappointed that he got sent off. Um, but, you know, and, and granted it was, I, I think maybe it was kind of a harsh sending off. But at, at that point, uh, they'd just been causing too many fouls, I think. And yeah. there, there was some talk about how United uh, deliberately set out to target Hazard mm-hmm. and just bring him down as many times as possible. So he was fouled a total of six times, which is the most... Uh, in a single game this season for a player to be felt if it was felt six times um, and that's you know Hazard if, if you watch any of his interviews where he talks about getting fouled he'll always say that that's how he knows he's in a game it's just when he gets fouled because he's just targeted he's always got the ball and he keeps getting brought down so that's right. uh, he was very good uh, who is the man of the match for you? Um, well I mean I can definitely say Conte because he got the winning goal for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. But before I decide, really, I just want to, like, you know, say that, you know, despite Man U not doing much at all, but uh, I just want to praise De Gea, to be honest, you know. Uh, De Gea, this guy's been consistent for the past four years. And uh, I think, you know, you really see De Gea's performance when Man U is doing shit. So you really see his performance. Uh, right. But, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think De Gea, De Gea, you know, saved some couple, a couple of good saves, had a couple of good saves uh, that, you know, prevented the scoreline being even more for Chelsea. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but I think uh, for man of the match, I think it's Conte. No, I'm with you, and I'm with you on Conte. And there's a lot of a lot of the memes coming out of of him supposedly being arrested for leaving the stadium with 89 million in his pocket, i.e. Pogba. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sure there's all kinds of cool stats, but we can talk about it in a second. Since you're talking about De Gea being the, the 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 star for United on this game, I want to talk about someone else as well. I want to talk about Rashford. Uh, I, I just. He just—I feel like he doesn't get enough of a chance. I know he's really young, mm-hmm. but Lingard gets to play all the time, and Lingard is shit. I think he's fucking awful. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but Rashford just doesn't play because it's it's Ibrahimovic who's in front of him, or it's Martial maybe who's a little bit in front of him. Yeah. And you know all these players were ruled out. Rooney was ruled out. Uh, you know it was supposed to be Rashford was supposed to be ruled out too, but you know he he somehow came through. I think he he had an illness or something. Yeah, but, he was you know, Ill. He, he, he You know he came through. Uh, he played really well. He had a chance on the 60th or near near the 60th minute where he was like inside, outside, cutting and doing all kinds of stuff. Got past you know half the team and then shot it right at Courtois, which is unfortunate for him. He should have scored there. Yeah. Um, you know he had a good game too. Uh, and, uh, and I think that chance was probably like Manu's best chance at that whole yeah. game. Well, it was the only shot on target. Yeah. <laughs> Let me put it that, that that was their only shot on tar- target all game was that one Rashford chance. And and I mean he, you know he should have buried it. Uh, there was a there was a brief bust up between. Conte and Mourinho during the game because I think of a foul on Alonso or some people were talking about uh, Mourinho kicked the ball towards uh, Conte. What what did you think? Uh, I know. I mean, I think you know uh, when it comes to Chelsea and Manchester United, and especially when you've got two hot heads of managers, you know, it's Mourinho and Conte as well. I mean, not really hot heads, but you know, passionate, passionate. Yeah, I'd say I'd say passion is a better term. Uh, things like that are, are bound to happen, to be honest. Uh, and, and I think that's what it was. Well, what do you think? No, I'm with you, and I'd like to talk about as well about. <laughs> I'm a Chelsea fan, and you know, I was talking about how much I hate Barca fans, but I, I will say, I was a little bit disappointed with 
some of the chants that the Chelsea fans were making. Uh, they were just, you know, saying like, fuck off Mourinho or like something like that. Uh, and he responded, you know, which is, which is a shame that, that they were chanting these things at him because Mourinho has won Chelsea three Premier Leagues, you know. And, and, and in his post-game interview as well, they asked him about that. What do you think? And he told them, uh, you know, uh, until Chelsea have a manager that wins them four Premier League titles i am the number one because yeah. i've won three you know which is true i mean I, I as a chelsea fan i love Mourinho. i fucking hate that he went to united and I, I you know i'm kind of bitter about it but i think he's a legend he's a chelsea legend despite how things ended both times with both his stints mm-hmm. i still think he's a legend i think so i think so and i mean to be honest i think this game produced like many interesting statements from coaches and players it's probably the most uh i usually check like some stuff on on the sub soccer subreddit and after that game, it was piled with so many statements from so many players and coaches. Um, uh, I, I think... Uh, what do you have for us? Go I, on. Yeah, I think... Uh, actually, this one came a little bit after the game. It was uh, Mourinho actually came out uh, to defend uh, Pogba, saying it's not really his fault that some of the pundits are in uh, real trouble with their lives and need every coin to survive. So I think that was because of the uh, uh, the memes and all the stuff and all the... Uh, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Uh, criticism. Criticism. Yeah, criticism uh, for uh, for him and Con- for Pogba and Conte. So that was one of them. Uh, I think one of them as well was uh, from Hazard coming in. Uh, I'm gonna rephrase because I don't have it on me. But gotcha. uh, he said something about like if we don't win this uh, title league, then it's probably gonna be something as upsetting as when PSG uh, just lost to Barca. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I think I think. If it- the title is Chelsea's to lose at this point in the Premier League. So as long as they don't fuck up so badly, I think it's it's. it's I don't want to say it's in the bag because I'm a Chelsea fan and I believe in in being jinxed. So I don't want to yeah <laughs> I don't jinx my boys. But uh, I, I no, I think I, I think it's fair to say that uh, it's Chelsea's to lose. Uh, anything else on this FA Cup game? Uh, well, just I just want to quickly uh, say uh, you know the, uh, the stats uh, for for Conte versus Pogba. Go on, let's hear them. All right, so you got 70 passes uh, from Kante and 27 passes from Pogba. Ouch. Uh, with an 84, 84.3% for Kante and a 74.1% for uh, Pogba. Okay. And then this is a bit more interesting. Uh, you got 11 duels won and 3 duels lost for Kante. On the other hand, you got 6 duels won and 16 lost for Pogba. God, <laughs> okay. Pretty Anything much. else? I think that's it. No, that that just shows you, and, and it's kind of ironic, just because Pogba is so big, especially when he when you when you put him next to Conte, Conte is so small, and Pogba is so big, and then all these deals, and you know, it's, I know. <laughs> I I will say though, I will say Pogba is probably going against Matic for most of those duels, and Matic is pretty big, yes. so I I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, you know I wouldn't fault him for that, but still, you'd expect a little bit better from mm-hmm. from an eighty nine million. Uh, signing so yeah uh any last words no. about the fa cup all right just uh, just to recap the draw has been made for the fa cup semifinals it will be chelsea versus spurs and then city versus arsenal at wembley uh that wraps up our first segment with the champions league and fa cup stick around and we'll be back with the premier league news All right, welcome back to the Gold Diggers Football Podcast. Uh, let's move into our second segment. Let's talk about the Premier League. There were only four games this week, so it was a little bit uh, slow. Uh, but, you know, we had some some good action on show. Let's start off with the Bournemouth-West Ham game. That was an entertaining one. Uh, it finished Bournemouth 3, West Ham 2. There was just so much action. A crazy game. Five goals, two penalty misses, a hat-trick for Josh King. What did you make of it? Well, I mean... 
as you said, we didn't get much Premier League games this week, but I think this game really makes it up for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, this game was ridiculous, to be honest. Uh, to start off, like, you know, that first penalty was such a stupid challenge that we shouldn't have even been met, been made. And then to go forth and, you know, miss that penalty, you know, it was... Completely. It, it didn't was even pre- hit the target. Completely. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing at all, you know. So, so you, you just got you, you get angry at this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> And then, uh, and I think, uh, I mean, Figuli comes back and he makes it up to his teammates. Uh, uh, I think was was with, with an assist. Yeah, yeah, he assisted the Antonio goal. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what's it called? Yeah. And then, and then, and then, what else was it? Was it uh, King? Uh, yeah, and then, and then, you know, King comes in, and scores, scores his first goal, and there was, then he scores his second goal. So, I mean, the fact that King got a hat trick after missing a penalty, missing completely, like that kind of penalty is like a demoralizing penalty. It's not like the type of penalty where it's going top corner and hits the bar, or you know, the keeper makes an amazing save. Like it's just, this is a shitty penalty. You know, for him yeah. to come back and score a hat trick really. Uh, sh- you know, shows his mental strength. I guess. I guess that's what we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, on top. On top of that, less, uh, Bournemouth were given a second penalty some at some point during the game. Uh, someone else steps up. Uh, I think it was Benekafobi that steps up. Arguably, just as bad of a penalty. I mean, it, it, this time it was on target, but just the fact that the keeper held it. It wasn't even saved and parried. He fucking held onto it. Like that's how shitty. It was just a slow shot. Just easy for the keeper to save. Right. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I mean to be honest, if you get two penalties in the first half and you miss both, you really don't, you know, you don't, you don't deserve to win that game. <laughs> Where are the goals going to come from if you're missing penalties left and right, right? Yeah. So I was thinking, I, I, I'd love to know what Eddie Howe was thinking, the, the, the Bournemouth coach, what, what, what he was thinking when all these penalties were being missed. And Bournemouth, you know, they haven't been playing too well. I want to say they've lost their last five, or, or no, they've they've lost five of their last uh, seven games. So. You know, the, the, they you know they drew the the one before this, and then they won this one. So the five before that, they had lost. So yeah, uh, you know they're they're trying to pick up because they're getting dangerously close to the relegation zone. And and when you're in a position like that, you can't be throwing away penalties like that. You know, uh, but I think I think everybody expected a little bit more from West Ham, didn't they? I think so. I think I think you know, like with West Ham's team, I think you'd expect that you could win. You could you know get away with this game and get a win for sure. Yeah, especially uh, considering they took the lead. Uh, and then they, and then you know later, Bournemouth scored two goals, and then West Ham equalized. You know, you would think that at least hold on for a point against a struggling Bournemouth team. I think. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, but at the end, I think Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth were uh, they were more they they were in it. You know, they they wanted it. You know, and and they got it when when King got that injury time goal. So yeah, yeah and uh, and to be honest, for all you for all you guys who are playing fantasy right now, I envy all you guys who have King on your team. Who the fuck has King on the team, bro? I don't that's get what, it. That's, that's I don't get it. How me. did you guys even decide the King? You know, should have a place on your team in the first place. And it's it's a little, it's a little bit ironic because you missed the penalty. So we're I'm sure everyone was thinking, oh yeah, that must suck for people who have Josh King. I hope everyone has Josh King because he missed the penalty <laughs> and he's gonna get negative points. And he fucking comes up with a hat trick and it's like the complete opposite emotion. But um, I guess the win for Bournemouth, you know, they're, they're slowly trying to build momentum going into the final phase of the season. Uh, they're six points right now ahead of the drop zone, um, and West Ham have lost two in a row. So it's it's getting a little bit kind of messy mid-table and sort of towards the bottom. Huge game next for Bournemouth uh, against Swansea, who are also in the same kind of position. You know, they're not in the relegation zone, but they're, you know, they're close or, you know, just need to make sure you keep getting these results. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Hull City 2. Swansea won. We were just talking about Swansea just now. You know, they, they needed a win and they couldn't get it. Uh, they've been playing pretty well overall, but I think Hull, uh, Hull are another one of those teams that are, are kind of the opposite to Swansea, where Swansea have been playing pretty well. Hull haven't, uh, but they got the win against Swansea today, right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, I, I think, you know, uh, a huge factor as to why Hull City probably got that win was the beginning uh, when Laurenti got injured, man. Yeah, uh, he wasn't the know. only one. That was the second injury. The yeah. first one was Rangel, and then Llorente got injured. So two of your starters get injured in the first half. Obviously, and it's really unfortunate. I think it put them at a huge disadvantage. Yeah, I think I think Llorente is just one of those players who can, especially recently, he just kind of feeds on anything you kind of give him, especially if it's it's in the air. He's kind of powerful in the air, and he's kind of coming into his own towards the the, the end of this, you know, to the to the end of the season. So it's a shame that he's injured. I'm, I'm not, you know, I haven't followed up. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how bad his injury is, but let's talk about Hull. Umar Nias. Let, let me. <laughs> I I heard I heard a few things about Umar Nias. So obviously, he got two goals and won the game for Hull, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I I heard a little something today that I wanted to share, and it's kind of a Nias' story. So he signed for Everton. Uh, he came from Russia. Signed for Everton uh, in February 2016 for 13 and a half million, which is which I think is their third highest. Uh, I guess record signing for Everton. Mm-hmm. He played a total of 152 minutes of football in that half season and scored zero goals. He was not given a squad number for the following season. That, that's how poor he was. Kuman oh, thought he God. was that shitty that you know that's it. You're not even part of my plans. His explicit, his, his direct quote was, "If Umar loves playing football, then he will leave the club or or something very close to that." Uh-huh. Um, so after I, I think just out of spite, Nias was you know refused to to consider any of the offers he was getting. So he was demoted to the under 23s, and his personal locker in the first team dressing room was taken from him. Oh my god! So he spent he spent that entire half season at, or this past half season at Everton doing nothing, just just jerking off all day. Uh, <laughs> and then the pa- in the past January transfer window, he joined Hull on loan and scored in his first start. So fast forward to this this Hull City game, he scores two goals now. He's got four goals and nine appearances for Hull. It's completely different. <laughs> so his goals were great too. I mean, I, I think I think what was what was exciting. Uh, his, his first goal was, you know, a simple one-two. The second goal was an assist by uh, Mohamedis, who it's always nice when Arab I mean, players I, are doing. I, well. I mean, come on, man, come on, Mohamedi, you know, my man, nice assist. I'm always happy when an Egyptian player does anything significant overseas. To be honest, you it was know? a little bit lucky. It was a little bit lucky. Like, <laughs> it was lucky to be honest, but, but I'm, just, I'm still that, happy. <laughs> then the day it's his name that goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just just good performance by Nias. I think I, I don't even think he started this game. I think pretty sure he came on as a, as like a half sub? sub or something. Yeah, he's a sub. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? And actually, so far, all his goals came from for Hull came as being from from a sub. Yeah, more or less. I mean, he comes on. <laughs> that that's what you call, it, I guess, a super sub. A super exactly. sub. Uh, so how how big was this win for uh, Marco Silva, the Hull coach? We, I, I was just talking earlier about how, I guess, Hull and Swansea they both replaced their managers at, at almost the same time. Uh, you know, Clement came to Swansea and, and Silva went to Hull, and they both started strong, and then Clement just kept going. He kept going with that good form, and Hull, you know, Silva kind of tailed off. How big was this win for him to beat Swansea, to beat Clement, who, you know, who started the same time as him and has, you know, to be honest, done better? Yeah, I, th- I think it was really important, it's especially like, you know, when you, when you look at the table and see who you're going to be playing up next and stuff like that. Uh, it was really important for him to get that game, uh, to get that win. Uh, uh, I mean, just the morale, the morale of it, of, his, of beating Swansea, I guess, is, is, is pretty good. What do you yeah, think? May- no, I agree. I think, I think maybe Hulk can can kick on you know i mean they haven't that that was their first win in four games so uh, i mean four games is not the worst run but um maybe they can kick on and really get themselves out of the out of the the danger that they're in i guess so uh let's talk about the next game everton three west brom nil this is another i guess entertaining game but at the end of the day it was a straightforward win which was disappointing from west brom considering how good they've been this season yeah I mean, I, I mean, I mean, this match was really important for both teams because it's it was kind of like a fight for the seventh place, 
yeah. uh, which is I think it's it's, it's an important uh, you know uh, it's like the last thing you can get so you can uh, qu- you know play for the qualifiers for for the Europa League, right? Right, exactly. So uh, you're exactly right. So the, the, I think the idea is, and Najm's explaining on a previous podcast, how if somebody wins the FA Cup and then the League Cup and then there's more spaces that open up for the Europa League or something annoying like that. I'm not. I don't. I don't know the science behind it, but. Uh, you know, best case scenario, it's seventh place who who gets into the Europa League. Fifth, sixth, and seventh, they get into the Europa League. That's the best case. Mm-hmm. So it is a fight for seventh. Uh, but looking at the scoreline, you know, 3-0 scoreline, you wouldn't think it was seventh versus eighth. You would think it was, you know, like third versus like 17th or something. I mean, it's just, just, just the nature of the performance. Probably. Everton were just in full control. Yeah, I, I think they were in control. They were informed. They really wanted it. Uh, and, and they got it. I mean, uh, it was... I mean, for the goals themselves, it was really nice seeing Schneiderlin get a goal, his first goal yeah. at Everton. First goal, yeah, first goal. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Uh, I think, you know, I think the reason he went to Everton was because, you know, he wasn't really valued much at Man U. He wasn't really good enough at Man U. Mm-hmm. And, but I think, but I think and, and the fan base all thinks that, I think, that uh, I think he's good enough uh, and he's happy at Everton, I, I believe so. No, I agree. Uh, let's talk about Lukaku. Lukaku got his, nine, his 19th goal of the season taking him joint top with Harry Kane and now with Harry Kane being injured uh, you can only see Lukaku uh, winning the golden boot mm-hmm. uh, what do you think of, of him overall as a player I mean come on this guy is just 23 years old you know and yeah, crazy he's know, my age uh, yeah he's our age man <laughs> yeah, he's our age exactly so it's, what are you doing you're in fucking school and I'm like just working just like an average Joe and this guy's <laughs> fucking scoring goals in the Premier League top scorer it's, it's ridiculous fucking, it's uh, ridiculous uh, and, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe fast forward five years, could he be the best striker? I, I think so. I don't know, man. I, I think I think he's got the potential just because I, I know it's cliche, but he reminds me a lot of Drogba. I think he's a little bit bigger than Drogba was at his age because at 23, Drogba wasn't. He's was maybe a little bit scrawnier. Mm-hmm. Lukaku's fucking huge, bro. He's huge. He's a tank. He's have, you seen, have, have you seen Have you seen the pictures of Lukaku playing as a sixteen year old or something like that for like for like against these like kids that are just like half his size? He was fucking gigantic at, at like sixteen or at fifteen. So it just kind of continued that till now, and he's huge. Uh, <laughs> I know he's got the desire. The one thing I think was stopping him from succeeding at Chelsea was he had this little bit of arrogance and he he thought he was better than he actually was. He, mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, you're like a 19-year-old at Chelsea and you're demanding to start ahead of the likes of Drogba and Anelka and even fucking Torres who was shit. You, you expect to start ahead of these guys? No, you fucking sit on the bench, maybe go out on loan, maybe you'll get your chance as a sub, but you're not you're not Messi. You know, I mean, you're not Ronaldo, and he thought he was. I, I don't, th- I don't see that in him now, playing at Everton, especially because he's playing every game and he's scoring goals and he's doing well for Everton. Yeah. I don't see that in him now. I think he's focused on his football. Um, but he's, you know, he's a top player. Let's talk about Tony Pulis for a second before we move on. His post-match interview was a little bit funny. You know, like we said, they were just kind of brushed aside. Easy performance by Everton, disappointing by West Brom. Uh, but he said that Everton and uh, Barkley and Lukaku in specific were really good, and that the scoreline didn't really reflect the performance which I did not think was accurate at all I think would completely reflect the performance I think West Brom were shit I think everything were really good uh, I think it could have been worse for West Brom you know they had uh, Idrissa Ganagay hit the post right at the end yeah uh, six, 16 shots versus 5 shots for, for West Brom that's dominant that, that's dominant like I, I, was, I was disappointed by those comments from Pulis but I guess I, uh, he is the grandfather of the Premier League right yeah I agree <laughs> anyway uh, let's talk about the the last game we're covering today uh, was uh, or or is Liverpool two, Burnley one. Uh, Burnley off to a terrific start with an early goal by Barnes, and then, and then what? And then you know uh, you get that goal just to, uh, was it 
just after halftime or just before halftime? Just just before halftime. Just before halftime, you know? And it just, I, I, and I think, you know, th- that goal, I think it probably, like in terms of the Burnley's uh, players and their morales, I think it just, you know, it made everything worse for them. Uh, yeah, right, right before halftime is the worst time to concede. It is worst it, time to concede because because Sean Dyche would have had a plan going into halftime. You know, we're we're, we're you know we're in the lead and we're going to hang on to it, and then you got to go right before halftime. The manager struggles to oh shit, you know we need to think of plan B or whatever the deal is. Yeah, and, and what's disappointing? What disappoints me the most is this was a shit game by Liverpool. They it were was fucking awful. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and you know, when Aldo got the goal. Uh, Chan got the winner, and I think the I think the winner itself. I think Chan's goal was great. I think a brilliant strike, worthy of winning any game, in my opinion. It the was bottom corner. You know, it was a g- good goal. I won't take that away from him. But overall, their performance was was shit. It just wasn't that good. It wasn't good, man. You look at the Liverpool squad, and you can just look at them play, and none of them looked like they were active or invested in you know in the game. Uh, it wasn't good. I, I I didn't like it. But I think all in all, Liverpool got lucky this game and. Burnley were performing really, really well, you know, until the first goal came in, you know. Yeah. No, so I, sometimes, sometimes you need a little bit of luck to play well, and I think Liverpool kind of rode their luck in this game, not with the decisions, but just with the way that, the, the, you know, not with the refereeing decisions, but just with the way the game kind of panned out. Uh, you were saying Burnley, you know, had a good start, and you're right. I think that the stat is that going into this game, Burnley have away from home, Burnley have led for a total of 14 minutes. And then against Liverpool, away from home, they led for 38, which is more than double what they've done all season. They had a yeah. good start, you know, an early goal. You can get that kind of thing. I also re- read somewhere that their away form is not as bad as people think. Uh, I, mean, I know it's, it's awful. They've picked up two points away from home all season. But in their last seven games, it, just let's just look at their last seven games, all right? They've lost okay. 2-1 to Spurs, City, Arsenal, Liverpool, all top six teams. And mm-hmm. losing 2-1, that's not too bad. They lost 2-1 to Watford, lost 3-2 to Swansea, and then they drew 1-1 with Hull. Yeah. Okay, so all of these, I mean, all of it is, is, is a matter of, uh, the difference is one goal. And they've scored away to all these teams. So. That's right. Uh, I mean, I mean, to, to, to be honest, you know, people keep labeling it as a curse, the away away goal curse and whatnot, or away yeah. win curse. But you know, when you bring it up that way, I don't think it's that bad. No, I, I think I think I mean, once I saw that, once I saw that statistic, it was a little bit, I guess, promising. I, I think Daesh is doing a good job just trying to motivate these players. There's no shame in losing to to, especially when you're Burnley. There's no shame, I don't think, in losing to Spurs, City, Arsenal, Liverpool away from home. Those are tough games. Whoever, no matter who you are, they're they're tough games. So. Um, and then, you know, the other three games, you're losing by one goal or, or, you know, drawing with Hull. I don't think these are bad results at all. So I think, I think, uh, you know, the way I see it, I think Burnley have enough in the tank to, uh, to, uh, pick up some points on the road and then really propel themselves, maybe finish top half of the table. I don't think they're in any direct threat to, to get relegated. So not much. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Liverpool. It's just, they're sitting in fourth right now. They've played two games more than the two people below them. It's so tight between second and sixth. There's only a few points to separate them. Uh, United and Arsenal sit in fifth and sixth, and they still have two games to play and could both find themselves ahead of Liverpool and push Liverpool down to sixth. So um, it's tight, man. It's it tight at the top, right? It is. I, I mean, I mean, just by like looking at the uh, at the table and all that kind of stuff, you know, some some teams have it, still haven't played all their games, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if it looks too good for Liverpool or not at the moment. Gotcha. No, uh, I did want to talk about fantasy initially. We're we're kind of running low on time, but because I'm doing this with you and you're our guest, mm-hmm. and Legend doesn't play fantasy, I really want to <laughs> somehow squeeze this in here. So let's just fucking do it. Let's just squeeze it in here. All right, let's do it quick. 
so uh, the last last game week for fantasy is game week 28, which I think everybody was just like, this is going to be a disaster because there's, you know, there's like four games. There's only eight out of the 20 teams playing. Obviously. And they're all like, they're all like, you know, I don't want to say shitty teams, but for the purposes of fantasy, they're shitty teams playing. You know, nobody has fucking Bournemouth players or West Ham players or, you know, Hull players, Swansea <laughs> players. You, you'll have like maybe one player from each team, but you're not yeah. stacked on these players. Obviously. You know what I mean? So how, how did your team do last week? So uh, I got 30 points, uh, mostly from Lukaku, because I captained him, because I was like, that's the only guy. You got 24 points from Lukaku then. 24 points, yeah. So th- that's the only guy who's going to get me any points. I captained that guy, and that's it. Uh, also, I made a small transfer. I, I was like, you know, let me try and get any Liverpool guy in. So I just I took out Sanchez for that week, and I put money, but I got nothing out of him. Uh, Davies, I got a clean sheet, so that's three points. And that's it. I only got three players playing. That's it. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, three players. That's pretty bad because I had like like six or something. And I still got fewer points in here. So my my. I, so here's the really annoying thing. So the week before this game week twenty seven, I had brought in Aguero just for that just for that one game week because City were playing two games. Mm-hmm. So I brought in Aguero, made him triple captain because I knew he was going to start and play ninety minutes for both of them, and he got me twenty seven points, which is pretty decent over two games. I can't really complain okay. for a triple captain. You know, if you had tr- triple captain Lukaku, you'd have got more than that. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I was pretty happy with that after that one game week, I took him out and put in Kane before before they played Millwall before anything. So I spent a transfer on Kane, and now he's fucking injured out for seven weeks. Yeah, and I, I had made my captain at the same time. I completely forgot that I, I had Kane as my captain, and I forgot to even touch my team. So Kane was my captain, didn't play, got me zero points. Uh, Fraser uh, Bournemouth, the, the Bournemouth player, was my vice captain, uh, who I didn't even meet. I just completely forgot to change it. Um, uh, he's, I think he's only my vice captain because of I substituted him in because he, I knew he was playing. Yeah. I would have made Sigurdsson my my vice, and he would have got me fourteen points because he got seven points. Mm-hmm. Siggy's Siggy's just one of these players that's just uh, just had a, had an amazing <laughs> amazing season. You know, <laughs> this is just a little bit of deja vu because now I'm thinking <laughs> I literally had a dream. <laughs> this is so nerdy. I had a dream about Sigurdsson last night and how. <laughs> So you and I both both went to school in, in the Middle East, right? And I, and I was right. in the I was in the school band, and uh, and before we before before every rehearsal we used to start, uh, Mrs. Drummond used to read read the like the, the register like who, who's who's there and she was just to read, read names. And for some reason in my dream, it was just a dream that this guy this kid Gilfy Sigurdsson was like two years younger than me and he's like playing like the fucking clarinet and band this like Icelandic <laughs> random kid and you know it's just like reading his name and he's like yeah here and it's, I don't I don't know why it's just the most random thing just pops into my head it's, but I had a dream that Sigurdsson so went to odd, our school man. what is this <laughs> I don't know bro he went to our school and he was in the band with me and he was just like one of those kids that was in band you know like who gives a shit <laughs> anyway I just now, now that we're done, now that his name popped up I just remembered that but over t- overall my team did fucking awful I got 21 points so mm-hmm. uh, Captain got me 0 Fraser got me 4 Snodgrass played you know less than 60 minutes so they got went off injured Leroy Fair got me what 2 points I think so Gerson got me 7 uh, I barely got anything from my defenders Williams got me 6 points he got a clean sheet from them from him but that's it like my team was fucking awful yeah. um, moving forward Again, I, it was a little bit. I've already, I've already made my chances. I don't. Th- I don't think you've made your changes yet, right? Uh, I haven't, but uh, you know, uh, uh, I still have, I still have played, played my wild card. Don't know if it's a good idea to play it now or not. Okay. What do you think? No, I, I think, <clears throat> I think you're you're better off playing your wild card right before. And I'm giving away my strategy, which is kind of annoying. But <laughs> right before a game week where a lot of these players have two games, because you, you look at the list of games that have been postponed. There's a lot of them, so there's going to be a few weeks coming moving forward where. These teams ha- are playing two games in one week, and these players are playing two games in one week, so you get double points. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of wait until the week before that, 
and then use your wild card and bring in all these players that are playing two games and then on the week they're playing two games play your like you know your entire team or bench boost or whatever it's called so you can mm-hmm. just get like double points from everyone that's or, or play your triple captain or something like that nice that's probably that's probably what <laughs> what i'll wait to do well, uh I, I wouldn't blow your wild card just just yet well thank you for that tip man no you're welcome you're welcome uh i guess <laughs> anything else that you want to say about fantasy uh, not much to be honest. I, I mean, th- there is a new striker coming in that he's doing pretty well. Uh, Manolo Gabbiadini. Gabbiadini, yeah. on my team, bro. Gabbiadini is the shit, bro. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's been, he's been great. Yeah, no, I have him on my team. He's uh, doing pretty good, but he's playing Spurs next week. It's pretty pretty tough game, but we'll see how that yeah. turns out. I don't give a fuck if anyone's gonna score for Southampton. I was gonna say it would be Gabbiadini, but now that I think about it, Tadic is playing well for Southampton. Redmond is playing well, but I, I hope that they can just get assists and Gabbiadini will get the goal. So if if anyone's gonna score for for Southampton, it's gonna probably go through Gabbiadini. Hopefully. So um, no, I'm I'm optimistic. I've had him on my team for like the last three or four game weeks. So yeah, same I'm here. Optimistic. I am optimistic. All right. Uh, anything else? That's all. Before man. we wrap up fantasy. All right. Uh, well, uh, stick around, guys. We'll be back after this break with uh, next game week's predictions. See you in a bit. Lovely cushion header for Joe! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a headshot! All right, welcome back to the Gold Diggers Football Podcast. This is our third and final segment. I'm joined by our guest today, Mr. Omar B. Uh, let's just wrap this up real quick. Let's talk about next game week's predictions. First off, West Brom versus Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal's still trying to recover from that, uh, from having their assholes ripped wide open by Bayern. <laughs> uh, they scored five against um, against Lincoln in the FA Cup. West Brom, they have had a good season, but they don't look too sharp. For me, I would say an Arsenal away win, but you never know with West Brom. What do you think? Uh, you know, I mean, it's been unpredictable when Arsenal sometimes play uh, away, but I think they, they, they could snatch this one. Yeah, I know, I agree. Let's talk about the next one. Crystal Palace, Watford. Palace, again, are one of those teams that I think they've won their last two. Uh, where is it? Crystal Palace have won their last two. Yes, they have. So they're looking pretty sharp. Watford, just fucking average. Not that special. I, for me, I, I think I think initially when I first saw this, I'm like, yeah, it's probably going to be boring, like nil-nil or 1-1. Mm-hmm. But now that I think about it, I think Palace, with the players they have who are playing well at the right time, this is when they need to be playing well. You know, got Zaha playing well, Townsend playing well, Benteke kind of, you know, in and around playing well. So yeah, um, Crystal Palace for you? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I think it's a draw. Okay. Well, I guess we'll I guess we'll find out. Everton Hull, Everton. Everton. Is there? Is are we even going to talk about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Hull just won the last game, and maybe they're looking to build up steam. But you know, no, that's... Everton at Goodison Park is going to be probably too difficult, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, Stoke Chelsea. Can Chelsea do it on a cold? Uh, I guess it's not a Wednesday night, but a cold a cold night at, at Stoke. Uh, hopefully, I guess so. I guess I guess these kind of games against these tough teams to play away from home at Stoke. This is like grinding out wins in these games. This is how champions are made. This is champion form. Yeah. So uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think I think Chelsea will probably be too strong. I, maybe that's the Chelsea fan in me, but I think I Chelsea will get away with it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Sunderland Burnley. That's that could go anywhere. Burn another away game for Burnley. Yeah, like we said, to, I mean, they to, could they could do it. To be honest, it can go anywhere. Uh, I have. It's 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 so unpredictable when it comes to those to to, to small teams. To be honest, so uh, I might go with Sunderland just because I want to see them, you know, get that win, uh, try and okay. fight relegation. But let's see. Yeah, that could be entertaining if Sunderland get the win, just just for the sake of the you know the relegation battle. Because you'd always assume that the other two relegation teams are going to struggle. So yeah, if if Sunderland win, then it it gets really tight at the bottom. So 
<laughs> I guess for you know what as as a neutral I hope they do it. I don't think they will, but I hope they I hope they do just for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. Uh let's talk about West Ham versus Leicester. Um Leicester? let's Leicester? see Leicester Leicester uh, I, I I think I think Leicester sh- like you know it be it would be unfortunate if they if they didn't get that win. I think just the confidence they're going to have coming coming off the back of that uh Champions League win, I think it'll be too much. I, and you know, I know West Ham just they're just not playing that well. Uh, Billich doesn't, you know, Billich just doesn't look too happy with his team. Just doesn't look too happy in his job. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's a great manager, but I, I, I don't know. I think just Leicester, Leicester, the way they're playing right now are too good, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And something I actually forgot to mention was that uh, uh, Buffon just actually came out and said that you know he would rather you know draw any other team but Leicester because he knows these guys know how to feed off the big guys. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I guess that's true. That's accurate. You know, what I mean, it's it's ironic that Buffon, who's like arguably the best goalkeeper who's ever lived, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The fact that the fact that he's coming and saying we don't want to play Leicester, or maybe or maybe he's just fucking saying that. Maybe that's the exact team he wants to play. He's just trying to be respectful so that when they do draw Leicester, then yeah, I don't know, I don't know, fucking yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, next game, Bournemouth Swansea. What do you think? Uh... That that could be a good one, actually. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean it's good. Uh, to, to be honest, uh, also uh, I'm I'm pretty bad at predicting when when two small teams play, but uh, I think we we just said that Swansea got two injuries. Was that right? Yeah, they did. So I was just thinking that too. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so, so probably so, Bournemouth. Probably Bournemouth then. Yeah, because especially they, considering they, they just won, right? Yeah, they just won. So I think Bournemouth. You know, if they if they carry on uh, with the form that they're you know. I think they can well, get Josh King's win. form, Josh King's hat trick winning form or mm-hmm. hat trick scoring form. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll get another hat trick on Swansea. I don't think Clement would let that happen, but it might. Let's move into Sunday's game. Sunday's games: uh, Middlesbrough versus Manchester United. Manu, for me, to be honest, I yeah. think so. It's is, pretty is easy. There, is there any competition? Is there any point even talking about it? Probably not, right? No. Okay, just because Middlesbrough is shit, not because Man United are amazing. Just no, yeah. Middlesbrough is so yeah, exactly. Pathetic. Okay, uh, Spurs Southampton. That's another good one we talked about very yeah. briefly earlier. I'm, I mean, then again, Spurs don't have Harry Kane on, so it'll probably be uh, a different kind of match for for Spurs uh, without Kane. So mm-hmm. uh, I probably I'll give it a tie. That's that's funny. I I I I it could end up as a draw. I do think Spurs will win. I don't think they'll keep a clean sheet. I think Southampton will score. Um, but I guess we'll find out. I just think Gabidini, the way he's playing, Tadic is playing great, Redmond's playing great. Mm-hmm. Spurs, I think the statistic is Spurs have conceded the least goals in the Premier League this season, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I don't have the statistic on me, but uh, the important thing is defensively they're very strong. Um, but I still think that the Southampton would would breach that. Uh, let's move into the last game and probably the biggest game, assuming nothing crazy happens elsewhere. This is probably going to be our featured game of the week next week. Uh, Man City versus Liverpool. Um, look, to be honest, I think both teams, uh, you know, arguably, um, are in bad form or in bad mentality kind of, kind of thing. Okay. That's, I that's, agree. that's kind of my opinion. So, uh, it's going to be whoever, you know, uh, you know, picks up, uh, morale or whatnot before the game. I think that that's the team that's going to win. I think, okay. I think this is a tricky one because, because city, first of all, city are playing at home. So that, that they have a point there. Second of all, they they just got knocked out of the Champions League, so they could respond in one of two ways. They could respond in the way of we we need to bounce back and we need to start focusing on the Premier League, and you know our focus on the Premier League starts now with this game against Liverpool. We need to win, mm-hmm. or or it could be like oh shit, we're out of the Champions League, the round of sixteen. This is embarrassing, you know, blah blah blah, and then just sink. Now let's talk about Liverpool. Liverpool are just they just 
they're so inconsistent. Sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're really shit. But when they are really good, their record against the top six this season has been fucking amazing. Yeah, that's it's right. Been, like, like they, they haven't, I, I don't, th- I might be wrong, but I feel like they didn't, haven't lost a single game against the top 16 this season. I believe um, so. So if they can, if they can keep that up, you know what I mean? It, this, this, I don't know. I have no idea where this one's going to go. I, I, I feel like Liverpool against the big teams, you know, can just, just turn it on. They'll just turn it on when they feel like it. You know um, what? You know what? I, I actually, I might change my mind. I might say Liverpool might get this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you never know. Uh, just the the difference in points between Liverpool and City right now. City lead by by one point. They're one point ahead, but they've played one game more. So if Liverpool win, then everything changes. You know. So obviously, uh, let's see. I'm sure the desire is there. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it, man. Let's wrap it up. Okay. As always, thank you for listening to our piece of shit podcast. Extra <laughs> special thanks to Omar B for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, amigo. Uh, likewise, man. This is you know this is my first time here on a pod- on any podcast on any episode kind of thing, and I really really enjoyed this. Were you nervous at all? I didn't even ask you that at the start. Were you nervous at all? To, to be honest, you know, I was kind of nervous because I had to prepare some stuff because I have never prepared this much content for anything. <laughs> <laughs> at least now you know all the listeners, to everyone listening. Me and Najim do prepare, and and, Omar, do. and and Omar did get a glimpse into our, our preparation. Yeah, yeah, listen, these guys do prepare. They do it professionally. Okay, kudos to them. I really <laughs> hope this can go somewhere. This is amazing. Thanks, man. Thanks for your support. No worries, uh, I, I guess I'll say I will be back next week with Nejim, not with Omar, or most likely not with Omar. <laughs> uh, I'll be back next week with Nejim after the next Premier League game week with more. Uh, as always, please share our pod and subscribe. We are on both SoundCloud, SoundCloud and iTunes. Please follow us on Twitter at Gold Diggers Pod and on Facebook at the Gold Diggers Football Podcast. Uh, say goodbye, Omar. Goodbye, Omar. Uh, Okay, (laughs) and for me, goodbye for now, and we'll see you next time.